Become our friend on Facebook. Post on our wall your thoughts about our shows and network. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaHealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Autism One, a conversation of hope. Brought to you by Enzymedica with host Terry Aranga and Kristen Selby Gonzalez. All comments, views, and opinions expressed are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. In the next hour, Terry and her guest illuminate how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Through education and conversation, there is hope. Here are your hosts, Terry and Kristen. And guess what? It's neither one. It's Betsy Hicks that I've returned to fill in for the wonderful Terry and Kristen who have plenty of things on their plate right now, especially getting ready for Autism One that's so excitingly coming up on Memorial Day weekend. And I love to fill in for them whenever there's a subject like it is today. Um, I actually know this wonderful woman, Sharin Ross Ingram. I've had a wonderful pleasure opportunity of meeting her at the last I think it was, maybe it was two autism ones ago that I met you, Sharon. Yeah, lots of them. And um, I studied her and le- learned what she was all about, and I just absolutely feel that this is going to be a great show, and you are going to be really thrilled that you tuned in. Um, Sharon has so many hats. I can't even begin to, to name them all and, uh, you know, all the different names of the CEOs of the companies that she represents, but she's a strategist, she's an attorney, she's a coach, she's a speaker, she's an author, but most importantly, she wears the role of the mother of a child who has had a diagnosis of autism. And so today, Sharon and I are going to talk, and, and, and I want to say before we start this, that I have been wanting to have a long conversation with Sharon for probably two years, and I'm so happy that I have this show <laughs> as an excuse, because we both have these crazy lifestyles, Sharon, and now we have an hour, and we'll just let everybody listen to our conversation. But I really want to talk to you, because you share my drive in all of this with autism, which is to not so much focus on the cure, but to focus on facilitating health. And I just love this mantra. So tell me, tell me about your viewpoint on autism. Well, Betsy, you know, um, I think where the story is the same with other parents is that, you know, you have this wonderful child coming to your life. You have all of these expectations that we carry, you know, in the beginning with what their life is going to be like and what your life is going to be like because this person is now in your life. And that changes, um, in many cases, drastically when you get this diagnosis that your child is autism. I mean, is autistic. So mine came, um, I, I knew something was different early on, long before I even admitted it to others. I just noticed that my son, you know, wasn't having that eye contact and he wasn't, he wasn't responding to voices and just, you know, preoccupied with those, you know, the, the spinning ceiling fans and the wheels on the trains and things like that. So those typical stories. So I sort of knew something was different, 
But like many other parents in my situation, my doctor kept giving me that usual, oh, boys develop slower, you know, everybody develops in their own time thing. So wasn't making any headway there. So it wasn't until he was, um, he was already two where they finally sent us out for the evaluation, the whole early intervention thing. And even they didn't say autism. It, it took one of his uh, therapists to suggest that I go for a more thorough screening, and that's where we got the preliminary diagnosis. And he was about, oh, he was almost three at that time. So like many others in my case, you know, you, you go through the whole, I call it the grieving process now. I mean, right. you, you know, where you right. go from totally uh, not believing, you know, you know, to be an ang- angry, resentful, all those things, because at least in my case, um, I had been living what I thought was this healthy, organic lifestyle. You know, I ate organic food long before I was even pregnant. I never vaccinated my son. So, I, you know, I, I did all of these things that one thought was, you know, in, in accordance with not having autism. Right. And yet my son still ended up being what people would call autistic. So after I got the diagnosis and got over my shock of the whole situation and disbelief and anger, you know, then I went to what I call the warrior mode, right? Right. <laughs> you know, where I was, you know, I wasn't just looking to cure autism. I wanted to kill it, you know? Yeah. No, I hear you. I was so there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and that, that was the actual word I used was, you know, I'm, you know, I'm going to kill this autism thing and... You know, you know, pray Shireen, I don't kill my son in the process. <laughs> and you know, Sharon, during that warrior mode, the only friends I had were other warrior were mothers because no one else could stand being around me. Exactly. It's it's, it's not a really friendly mode. <laughs> no, and no, especially with conventional lifestyles. Okay, right. I mean, I mean, it's, it's even at odds with many who think they're living a healthy lifestyle because you know the you know we go to this restrictive diet. We're watching the you know the environmental pollutants. I mean, you know, we're just on you know, high alert for so many things that even the most health-conscious person may not even be thinking about. And we are in a particular, you know, stance because it's our child. I mean, most people will let many things go for themselves, but when it comes to their children, that's a whole different ball game. So, yeah, it wasn't fun to be around. At least I wasn't fun to be around, except for other mothers who got where I was coming from. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we we fueled each other, didn't we? Yes, we did. <laughs> we certainly fanned each other's flames. I, I love how you put that, we fueled each other, because that's exactly what we did. And so I was in that mode for well over a year, year and a half, you know, just that was the lifestyle. And it felt like that was where I was supposed to be, because at least it made me feel like I was being active in some capacity in helping him become better, however I visioned you know, that word better to be. Sure. But what I was really doing was exhausting myself in every way imaginable. I mean, from spiritual to physical to emotional, social, you know, every aspect of my life was suffering because of this, you know, this warrior mode I was in. And when I really decided to sit back, you know, and actually I didn't decide, my body decided. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That you're going to just sit back for a while and, you know, just think about what, what you're doing and what's going on. I started meditating a lot and just really trying to get in touch with, you know, what's happening. Why, why is it this way? What's going on? My focus slowly but surely did begin to change. And it got to the point where I, the thought of curing or the thought of killing autism was just not there anymore. It was all about facilitating health, well-rounded health. 
And I realized that even though I thought I had this holistic mentality, I was approaching it all allopathically. I mean, I was working on the gut. Then I was working on, you know, Paris. I mean, you know, all these little things that we seem to be working on. I started working on the whole body, <laughs> you know, just what's benefiting the body as opposed to right. one particular organ. And I noticed how stress seemed to ease in my life. I started, you know, talking with my friends again. Okay? <laughs> I started having a life again. And I said, wow, and my son was getting better quicker. Yes. Yes. So all of that sort of just, just had this epiphany for me. I just sat back and I said, wow, when I was so focused on curing and killing, we made slight gains, very slight, but you know, it was very, very slow coming. And then when I changed the focus to health, things started happening at an accelerated pace. Okay, so let's think. Let's talk about then the energy. Now, what's your son's name? I'm sorry, I don't Michael. Know Michael. Okay, so the let's talk about that energy with Michael too. Um, imagine Michael's world because there's our children. We think if even if they don't have any verbal skills, even if they you know whether they do or don't have verbal skills, they are picking up everything. They they are they are they are so tremendously sensitive to the the energy that's in a room and and how you feel towards them and how you talk about them and all of that. So I'm curious with Michael, you know, you think about here's a here's a child and I was right there with you so there's no criticism in this one at all. You know, you 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 talk about Michael as if he's so broken and there's something so so wrong with him versus talking about I want to build you up. I want to make you strong. I want to make you the best you can be. What a difference. What a total difference. And I'll tell you, I felt like he responded to that because I know there were times in my mind where I'd be sitting up there like, oh, my God, why on earth do you want to watch the ceiling fan spin? You know, for hours, and I mean, I felt like I was just constantly in his face, like, you know, let's do this, let's do that. It's like I saw absolutely, it wasn't that I, it, it, I saw no value in what he's doing, but mainly I had no respect for where he oh, was. Oh, good. Good way you know, to say it, yeah. I had no respect for where he was. All I saw was the way I thought it should be. So, Sharon, so it, it, it's like an example of this would be like, say, say, because I, I meditate for 15 minutes every day, it, and, and I might just be staring outside at a tree for 15 minutes straight while I'm meditating. So if somebody were to see me, they'd be like, what a silly thing. What is wrong with you? Why, why are you so lazy? Why are you not moving? Why aren't you doing anything? But I'm doing, I'm accomplishing more in that 15 minutes than I could with any type of action that I could do. So I guess it's really similar to the kids. If they're staring at a ceiling fan, it's their form of a meditation. I love the way you put that, Bessie, because, yes, if someone saw us and had no idea of, you know, what we were doing, where we were coming from, and what we got out of it, you know, especially, they would look at us and think we're crazy. And if they, you know... In, in, in their own way, try to bring us out of it. Right, <laughs> you know, right, bring us exactly. back to quote the real world. <laughs> oh gosh, heaven forbid! I know. I I, I, I refused to enter the real, real world about five years ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so when you think about that, isn't that what we do to our children? We we make no attempt whatsoever um, to really see it from their perspective to even facilitate whatever it is they're trying to do. And, and I, I'll tell you, when I was you know, dead set on intervening in that way. Like if I saw him, you know, you know, vegging out, as we called it, you know, I was definitely going to be right there snapping my fingers, trying to get him to do something else, you know, that I thought was more interesting or more, pro- you know, more appropriate for his age. 
what I really, when I stopped doing that, I'm telling you, we connected more. If I just sat with him, you know, trying to get out of what he was getting out of it, just sitting there in the quietness of it all with him, that's when he was looking at me. That's when he would, you know, want to interact, even though he was, um, he was not verbal at the time, but I felt more of a connection when I was trying to be on his level rather than always trying to bring him up to mine. Yes. Oh, yeah, completely. Wow. So you have gone through a lot. And what's the course of time that you feel? Like, how old is Michael now? Michael is six years old now. Wow, you learned fast. Congratulations. My son's 17. <laughs> it took me a while. <laughs> but well, that's okay. I think I spent about two years, in, almost two years in warrior mode. Okay. Yeah, I, I was there a lot longer, um, which uh, accounts for the fact I don't have a lot of long-term friends. <laughs> but, no, I have good friends now because I, I just I left that, that area. Well, there's so many avenues that I want to talk about, and in a couple of minutes we're going to be going to break, so I don't want to get too heavily into something right now. But I'm curious to know your opinion of how to approach the warrior mother at this point, or father, because I I meet a lot of dads as well. And um, we'll start now, maybe we can finish up after break, but what, what, what is the gentlest way to kind of tap them on the shoulder and say, look at this beautiful child, maybe you could think about him a different way or her. You know, I can honestly say that looking at myself at that time, there is nothing anyone would have been able to say. That's a wonderful point, yes. (laughs) You know, at that time, there's nothing anyone could have said to me that would have changed my direction, my path. You know, I think the best thing we do is be, you know, an example. And by example, I mean, you know, people see me now, and I I, I feel like I don't have that autistic mother look anymore. <laughs> and you know, and no offense <laughs> to all of us out there, but you know, know we look saying. stressed. I we look stressed. <laughs> we looked worried, and I won't say unkept because some of us, you know, we maintained appearances for for most, but but we just had that that look that you know the world was truly on our shoulders, and we felt that way. Because, yeah. you know, when your child is, you know, not okay, your world is not okay. And people now, when they approach me, you know, they have no idea that, you know, I do all that I do and I have this child who's considered to be a special needs. They're shocked by it. So right. I think being an example that makes people even wonder how you're approaching it, that's, that's, that's the gentlest way, um, just being the example. Then, of course, there comes the actual conversation. And my favorite line is, you know, when people tell me what they're doing, I always go, well, how's that working out for you? <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, really, I mean, how's that doing for you? And they'll tell me, first they'll tell me about the child. Oh, I said, no, 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 how is that doing for you? Yeah, yeah. How is that doing for you? Are you more stressed out by what you're doing? Or do you feel comfort and ease that you're on a path that's leading you to where you want to go? Yeah. You know, and inevitably they're somewhere in between. And then I'll say, well, let me share with you what I've learned in this journey so far, and maybe it will be of help to you. So that's kind of been my approach is, you know, you know how is that working out for you? Perfect. And, and, and how is that, of course, serving your, serving your child? Oh, my gosh, I love this. All right, we are going to have to go to break, but there's so many questions I have for you, and, and I'm so excited to, to venture into this a little bit more. Everybody stick around. We'll be right back with Sharin Ross Ingram. This is Betsy Hicks. You're 
listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. The Autism Hope Alliance is dedicated to the recovery of children and adults from autism. The goal of this nonprofit organization is to ignite hope for families facing the diagnosis through education and funding to promote progress today. Diet modification, biomedical intervention, and educational therapy have been shown to be successful tools on the path to recovery. Through these efforts, we believe hope will replace hopelessness. Recovery for our children is a reality. For more information, go to AutismHopeAlliance.org. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with your host, Terry Aranga and Kristen Selby Gonzalez. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 1-866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here are Terry and Kristen. And it's not Terry and Kristen, it's Betsy Hicks filling in for Terry and Kristen, and I am here with the absolute wonderful Sharon Ross Ingram. We are having a wonderful conversation about autism in a very different light and not so much focusing on the cure as we are about facilitating health. Now, Sharon, as far as I'm concerned, there is no more basic, simple, and something that you don't even need out external advice from as you could do when you facilitate health as changing the diet. In other words, when you're you're maybe giving supplements, doing some calcium, some you know B12, it's always good to be under the guidance of somebody who really knows what they're doing. But when it comes to diet, a mother's or father's intuition and an understanding of basic knowledge of nutrition can go so so far. Oh, Betsy, you spoke a mouthful there, literally. Okay, I you know I really don't understand. Um, why that isn't a subject that we talk about a lot more because it is so basic, it is so easy, and very few people I know have done, you know, quote, the diet, whatever that means, and we'll talk about that in a little bit here, um, and didn't see something positive come out of it. Um, In my case, for example, um, I started out on the typical gluten-free, uh, you know, dairy-free, which is like, you know, kind of what I call the starter, right. <laughs> the starter diet. 
And actually, I did see some positive effects, um, not as much as I had hoped, um, as you know, some people have seen miraculous things happen just from that aspect alone. And then we, you know, we progressed to being starch-free, <laughs> grain-free. I mean, for a while there, we pretty much were very primal. I mean, meat and vegetables was kind of it. And I really started seeing more things happen. And by that, I mean what I noticed was the, that fog, that kind of walking around in a hazy air about him, I saw that improve just from dietary changes. And the deeper I got into studying nutrition and what it really means to nourish your body, not just, quote, what people think of healthy foods, right. but really learning what it means to nourish right. your body, I did see um, gains from that, and I really felt like it made everything else that I was doing more productive Yes, for him. And like many parents, you know, I, you know especially during warrior mode, I, I, I tried everything, you know, a little, little bit of everything, you know, spent of all the savings and all that stuff like that, going all across the world, not just nationally, looking for the latest thoughts and, and, and going on. And somehow everything that I came across seemed to always have an underpinning that where diet helped. Yeah. Now, but, but tell us your nutritional background because that's kind of important into this as well. I mean, you, you went in because you knew nutrition before you were even pregnant. Right. Um, I had the uh, fortune, yet misfortune, I thought at the time. <laughs> in hindsight, I guess everything does come together and work for a reason. But um, several years before I had my son, I had some medical challenges, um, infertility being just one of them. But, I mean, um, a host of, you know, just everything from fatigue you know, I, I had a series of surgeries for fibroids and I mean, just all kind of things that women my age just didn't have so often. So it sent me down a path of nutrition. Right. Um, I, you know, I went all across the country, did several different um, um, fasting resorts, you know, where you go and you, you only do liquids every day and colonics every day for weeks okay. at a time. I mean, I did all of that stuff. So I said I, I really did have a... Uh, understanding and a respect for what it meant to have real food and, and you know, high-quality food in my life. So I was doing all of that before I got pregnant. But the demands of, you know, modern life, as a speaker, I travel a great deal, right. um, far too often, and it was, I found it difficult, not impossible, just extremely difficult to always eat the way I want to eat on the road. So, yeah, I, I had lots of little slip-ups and, 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 and flare-ups now and then. But when I, but when it came time to, you know, when I realized I was pregnant, and and, and you know having my son, I went, I, I went the the path I was supposed to have gone in my in my opinion. You know, again, eating good, understanding about you know eating mineral rich, probiotic rich, all those kind of foods like that. So that I, I did have that understanding before um, I knew of my son's um, you know diagnosis, which did help me get on the path a lot faster. But like many people, though, you know, my husband and I, we had, at the time we had five different businesses we were running, like I said, and I was on the road right, speaking. Right. And with the kids, you know, modern life does make eating what I call traditional foods a little bit more difficult. Right. And all the convenience foods make it so easy right. not to be that way. So, yeah, we, we, um, we splurge, as we call it, lots of times on the diet. But I, I didn't do that for my son. I really, and we said that was back to the warrior mother thing. 
I didn't do that with him, which did make me as fun to be around um, during play dates and everything. But that was... don't touch those goldfish. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, oh, the play dates! The yeah, play dates. I know. Oh man, I mean, you know, social life really, really suffered. Um, but you know, a good some good things came out of that too, and I'll talk about that in a little while. But in terms of the diet, out of everything we did, out of everything we did. It was truly the most cost-effective and um, overall effective. And to this day, you know, the diet is um, definitely still, well, a diet in a different form. Um, I, I'm not as strict about some things as I was because his, he's had a lot of healing now. I mean, we don't right. have the leaky gut situation anymore and all of right. the things that we did have. So he can uh, his his his. Uh... So so I want to explore that because I, a lot of the listeners know my story and and I've certainly been very vocal about it on the show and such and and because a lot of my son had 50 food out intolerances and obviously gluten and casein and he's not on any special diet at all anymore except for he eats real food that's that's my only stipulation now it's you you know yeah that's kind of where i am real we're, food. we're on the real food exactly real food <laughs> which 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 is really sad that that's even an option to not have real food. i know that we have to make that distinction huh? <laughs> but what my my whole frustration with so many of the diets is because i can really really respect and i still teach gluten and casein free diets i have i have nothing against that at all but where i do have a problem with is when Somebody thinks that because it's gluten and casein free, it's healthy. Oh yeah, oh yeah. That and so much of that is crap now. I mean, I don't know if you've been yeah. in the stores lately and read and read those labels. Oh, I know. But just because it has a gluten free label on it, somehow that it transforms it. Right. You know, I mean, if if it wasn't real food before, <laughs> it's not going to be real food after they've taken quote the gluten out. No, no. Right now, you know, we we went through that whole. That that whole transformation because my husband wasn't on that same wavelength as I was. You know, he comes from a family who had pretty strong constitutions. In fact, I think pretty much everyone in his family has the stomach of a billy goat. I mean, they yeah. could eat whatever they want and saw nothing of it. My family, on the other hand, highly sensitive to all the you know, anything out there. We're going to feel the pain in a couple of hours if we eat something that is not right for our bodies. So we went through all of that, and I am now at the place, like you said, now my main requirement is that, number one, it has to be real food. If it's not even real food, it doesn't even, it's not even up for consideration. So can you explain to the listeners who may not know what we mean, I know what you mean, but what, what, what we mean by what real food is? So the, the easiest way I can say it is that um, we only eat food that spoils. <laughs> Good. Perfect. I mean, does that make sense? That's I mean, perfect. if it goes stale, I don't consider that a real food. I mean, if it actually spoils. So the, the, the two tenets of health is you only eat food that spoils, but don't eat food that's spoiled. That makes sense? You only eat food that spoils, but don't eat food that... That's actually spoiled. Oh, that's, spo- that's, ar- that's spoiled. Okay. That's already spoiled. <laughs> okay. Got it. I mean, if it's gone too too far, if it's no longer, quote, what right. we call right. fermenting, if, but it actually unless has gone it, Unless it's blue cheese, in which case it's always hard to know if your blue cheese is, health, is safe to eat or not. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, that makes perfect sense. And so then... Um, 
obviously the diet is filled of lots of proteins. Lots oh, of absolutely, absolutely. Um, and lots of vegetables. And, and then do you follow some of the Weston A. Price advice going back to our traditional roots where things like chicken skin and raw milk and all of those are really good things to be? Oh, yeah. You know, the, the Weston, um, I really found out that the core of what we were eating came from the Weston Price type of diet and the body ecology. I love a right. lot of what Gut Donna Gates had to say about the whole um, mineral rich and you know probiotic and rich foods and all of that. Yeah. Yeah. So those two things really form the core of what we do. So when I started, it was gluten free, you know, casing free. Then it became um, I sort of merged that in with the SCD diet, the specific carbohydrate diet. Right. Then I realized my son has some oxalate issues, so we did some of the, the low oxalate things. Then I learned about body ecology and the Western price. So I sort of merged all of that and found the commonalities in all those diets. And there were a few things that, believe it or not, were actually common. Wow. So that's what we ate. We ate what was common to those five diets. And once conditions improved, we expanded. But the Western price, you know, I mean, I was such a fan of that uh, way of eating. I actually started a local chapter. Wow. I, I mean, we're that. no longer a local chapter. We're our own group now called the Foundation for Real Nutritious. But we are very we are very aggressive, very out there now and we advocate the real food. I mean if bugs don't want it, we don't we, we don't eat it kind of thing. Right. <laughs> now my big thing, Sharon, that I preach to everybody is the benefits of cultured vegetables. Oh, absolutely. And um, that that's what I believe was the biggest change for my son. That That's when he lost all of his food intolerances is when we brought cultured vegetables into his diet. And Absolutely. so I know you could explain this well. So can you explain what that is? Yeah, means? you know, that was really huge for us, too. And people were shocked that I got my kids to eat it, both my son and my daughter, who is now my, – my daughter is now three. So she's been on all of this since, since birth because, you know, my son was right. already into it. But cultured vegetables is, is the process of allowing – well, or the process of what we call lacto-fermenting, you know, the lactobacillus probiotic strain. You know, we all have bugs in us. We have good bugs and we have bad bugs, and we always try and keep the good bugs outnumbering right. the bad bugs. The good bugs are what keeps those things in check for us. So when you're eating foods that are, are, are naturally rich in these type of, uh, in, in the good bugs, that's better than, or at least in my case, in my thoughts, better than going out and buying all those expensive probiotics. You get real food. I agree. I agree. And, and yeah, no, so cheap. Exactly. It's so much cheaper, and in my opinion, much more um, uh, absorbed or tolerated yes. by the body. Yes, that, that's exactly it. My son could never absorb a probiotic, but the cultured vegetables, and then you get the B vitamins, and then exactly. you get the digestive enzymes, and then you know, you, you're, you're getting everything in this very inexpensive cabbage and salt ingredient product. Exactly. Um, we, we do have to go to another break, Sharon, so um, let's... Time we'll, flies. Go ahead. <laughs> I know. We are having so much fun, and we're glad you're here with us. We are uh, can take, take a quick break. We get back. This is Betsy, Betsy Hicks, and Sharon Ross Ingram will be rejoining us. Stay tuned. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. 
More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com. To perform at your maximum potential, you need to have all aspects of your life working properly. On mind, brain, and body, Dr. Michael John Kell will bring you honest, open discussions concerning your physical, mental, and financial health. If you're ready to find purpose and meaning in your life, tune in to Mind, Brain, and Body every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific. Mind, Brain, and Body on Voice America Health and Wellness. Radio dedicated to your health, wealth, wisdom, and purpose. Most chronic health problems are caused by the interaction between genetic susceptibility and environmental exposure. This was defined 10 years ago by the Centers for Disease Control. Join Dr. Robin Bernhoft for 21st Century Medicine. We will cover the whole spectrum of chronic illness and little-known medical treatments that are being used to make you healthier. 21st Century Medicine airs live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with your host, Terry Aranga and Kristen Selby-Gonzalez. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here are Terry and Kristen. Hello, everybody. This is Betsy Hicks returning with you. Um, I'm filling in for Terry and Kristen, who are busy getting ready for the Autism One Conference. It's going to be on Memorial Day weekend, another wonderful one. I'll be speaking on Wednesday on my book, Picky Eating Solutions, my favorite topic, and um, because many of you who are hearing this are saying, there's no way in the world my children are going to eat cultured vegetables. <laughs> so I have a book that tells you how to do it. Um, I am joined here right now with my friend, Sharin Ross Ingram, and we are having a great conversation about facilitating health in autism. It's been a lot of fun talking with her, and I, if you haven't heard this whole show, please go back and listen to the archives of it because uh, she's a remarkable woman. I, I do want to touch base before we finish, Sharin, on we, we left them on sauerkraut, <laughs> <laughs> and I just want to tell them places where they can get good um, free recipes on doing that. On our website, elementalsliving.com, we do have um, recipe for sauerkraut, but do you have other... They can go to Weston A. Price Foundation. Yeah, I would recommend definitely going to the uh, Weston A. Price dot uh, org, I believe it is. Okay. Or, or, or maybe dot com. Weston A. Price dot org. It's the Weston A. Price Foundation, and they um, really, you know, have done a fabulous job of uh, of preserving and advocating the work of Dr. Weston A. Price, as is the Price Pottinger Foundation. 
And yeah. Dr. Price, you know, um, for for those who may not be familiar with his story, um, back in the early 1900s, you know, went around to all these different indigenous populations looking at what foods they were eating because he was interested in why they were experiencing such great levels of health. And he was a dentist who was who had already made the oral and health connection, you know, the health of your mouth in terms of as it relates oh, to your right. body. So that's what he was looking for, and he found all these commonalities. And the Weston A. Price Foundation and the Price Pottinger Foundation both have preserved his work. And the Price, I mean, especially the Weston A. Price Foundation, giving guidelines on how to incorporate, you know, those nourishing traditional principles with modern lifestyles. Excellent. Definitely check check them out. They have lots of recipes and tips. Right, and so here here is my question, which begins with diet, but kind of leads into your your whole motive on on working with autism. And it starts with this: where is a person to start? You know, they is 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 it a logical unfolding of how it's going to go for each individual is it are you are you pushing intuition are you basing this on any sort of strategy how do you when people say well you 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 mentioned Sharon six different diets should i try all of them where start this off with diet and then let's segue this into autism in general yeah you know that's an interesting question is you know what's the logical progression and I don't think it's going to be one way for any one person because they're going to get their information and and, and actually probably even their diagnosis in a roundabout way for instance, when I received my diagnosis, the way it happened essentially the doctor was i mean essentially told us your son is autistic, there is no cure. Good luck with that <laughs> i mean and we were sent out you know <laughs> literally yeah. like oh. We, you know, if, if it was, if I had, I had the benefit of the internet. I mean, you know, you didn't have that, you know. Right, I, it, it was just coming out when I when Joy exactly. Was so I mean, you know, bless your heart, you know, that you did what you were able to do because I was able to go home, and you know, you know, check out Google and see what came up and started reading and getting on some of the uh, Yahoo boards and just soaking it all, taking it all in, you know. So I hear, I had one doctor telling me that there was no cure. And then I'd go on the Internet and hear all these parents who had had all this really great success. So it was so encouraging to even have that information, first of all, because it, it, it gave me hope. And I guess that's where you do start. And that is where I would actually tell someone to start with, you know, hope. I mean, understanding that what you see now before you is not what your child is going to be 10 or 20 years from now. And I, I know that it's hard to believe that if they're not verbal right now, there's something that they can actually speak and have conversations and perhaps speak in a way that no one would even know they ever had these challenges. Um, so start with hope. But from that point, um, from that point, decide what your focus is going to be. That's something that I guess I was never told, and I did, you know, go through the whole warrior time. And if someone had just, that might be the message and answer to your question earlier, is what would I say to that person who's in warrior, in warrior mode? Right. I, I would say, you know, be very, very intentional and deliberate with your focus. What are you going to focus on? Because if it's just to cure and cure or, no, or kill autism, what are you left with after that? And have you been nourishing that the whole time? Chances are not if your only focus was curing and killing autism. Decide what your focus is going to be. If it's going to be health, health is not just physical. It's a well-rounded, you know, emotional, social, yes, you know, spiritual, you know, health. Because, and the biggest thing I, I, I would have listened to a little bit more in the beginning, and I would urge parents to start with now, 
take care of your own health first. It's kind of, and it's hard to do, but they do tell us to put our mask on first for a reason. Because if you are stressed out, you know, don't have the energy, and you know, and believe it or not, I, I didn't believe it until I experienced the opposite, but you're not thinking clearly because if you haven't been nourishing yourself, I mean, that same fog that my son came out of, I came out of a fog that I didn't even know in when I started, you know, very, very consistently applying the, the things I was doing to him. Before him, I started doing them for myself and realized I was thinking clearer now. If I can expand on that because um, I'm, I'm a big person for uh, verbalizing to, to just out there to anyone who will listen to follow follow your intuition mm-hmm. because I feel that all of us have an inner guidance and we're always led. You know, I, I don't believe in Murphy's Law. I don't believe in bad luck. I definitely believe that we are attracted towards the direction we're supposed to go in. Whether or not we listen or pay attention to it is uh, certainly our choice. But when we really, really desire something and we are really, really open to the answers, and some people may call this prayer, other people may call it you know, manifestation, whatever it might be, you're always going to be led in the right direction. So when it comes to having this child who's sick and you don't know anything and you're not sure the answers and you're not sure what to, to do, don't make a decision from a bad place because exactly. it's not a good, it's never a good place. In fact, what I would recommend is if you have a spouse to say, okay, you don't know what to do, you don't know what to do, who's ever in the best place about the situation is the one who should make the decision. If if one parent feels hopeless and fearful and the other parent is feeling optimistic, the optimistic parent should make the decision because you're not going to make... I made so many decisions for my son out of fear yep. of, of him not being yep. who I thought he was going to ever be able to be exactly. that I wasted so much time and money and and I was it made it created a miserable life for Joey. It wasn't until, like you said, I started to love myself and trust myself and mm-hmm. feel that I did have good answers and that it's okay to make mistakes. That's when I was able to make really good decisions. And you know, and that, and really, I, I want to echo that just with the drive. You know, know what your focus is going to be because there is nothing good ever comes out of a decision made based on fear. Correct. It, it just doesn't happen that way. I mean, I don't care how much positive action you put behind it, if it's made with the wrong frame of mind, fear is what I'm actually talking about in this case, it doesn't send you down the path you want to go down. So I love that you said, you know, the one who's in the, who, who has the most optimistic view of it all, that's the kind of energy you need to have behind yeah. your decision. So that's where I, w- I would definitely start. Know what your focus is going to be. Get out of the fear. And I know it's it's easier said than done, but actually if you spend some time with it, you realize how it actually is just as easy to have a hopeful thought as it is to have a <laughs> fearful thought. I mean, right. it doesn't take that much more of a leap to imagine the best exactly. outcome as it does to imagine the, the worst outcome. Sharon, why are people afraid to imagine a good, out- inco- a, a, a good outcome? Because I th- what I hear people say is, I don't want to be disappointed. Exactly. I, I was going to say, that's, where I, that's what I hear the most. As if disappointment really is the end of the world. Okay. Right. I mean, you know, we've given disappointment too much energy, too much of, you know, too much power. Yeah. I mean, disappointment, sure. Be disappointed, now move on. Okay. 
Exactly. <laughs> now move on. But if you are sitting there in fear and based everything out of fear, and for me, I, I know it was fear. I fear what would happen, you know, to my son in general. I feared what would happen to him if I wasn't around. I mean, I, everything I was doing was totally based on fear. And my health suffered from it. Every aspect of my life, honestly, every aspect from finances to friendships suffered because of everything was being done based on fear. And when I let it go, I mean, immediately did I start seeing the evidence of it come for me that that was not the path I should have been on. It was about being hopeful, being optimistic, expecting the best to happen for us. And, you know, because I said to myself, if he's going to end up still being autistic 20 years from now, let's just assume that case. If he's autistic 20 years from now, I could have enjoyed these 20 years or been miserable for 20 years if the outcome is going to be the same. I decided I was going to pick joy. Good for you. I picked joy, and it turns out that, you know, obviously it's not the same. Right. <laughs> I mean, he's already lost his diagnosis. My son, I mean, right now all we're really dealing with now are the social issues. But um, and they want to mainstream them and all that stuff like that, and we're we're, we're going back about that. But so I said, as I said, I mean, if if, the, if that's going to be his fate, why am I going to be miserable the whole time? Well, and and let's take this another step because of the fact that even if your son hadn't lost his diagnosis, because mm-hmm. that really is irrelevant to where you making the decision to be in a place of joy versus exactly. a place of fear and anger. We are we are not responsible in the sense of, of of the lives that our children are choosing. And if they, you know, just just as my I have teenagers now about I'm about ready to set free out into the world because they're turning one. Uh, well, Joey and his twin sister are turning eighteen this summer, and it I'm still. I'm still letting go of the fact that I'm no lo- I'm not in charge of their decisions anymore. If they want to live in autism, if they want to choose to not have a social life, those are still choices for them. It's nice to be able to give them options. It's nice to be able to have the educational tools there for them. But ultimately, it's their choice. And if and if you know, autism is not. I remember one time, Sharon. I did a. a, a I'll never forget this. I did a conference. I don't even remember where I was. It was, I think it was in Georgia. And an older gentleman came up to me, and he said, why is it that you doctors, because my husband had just spoken, feel that you constantly have to fix us? I have autism. I'm happy to have autism. I like my life. You know, and, and so whether your child chooses to speak or not, it's still your option to live in joy or live in anger. It is a choice. It is an absolute choice to live in joy versus anger. And I don't think many people feel empowered that they have that choice. So I guess that would be the message we would want to really convey that, you know, whether or not you're in joy, regardless of what's happening in your life, or living in anger, resentment, fear, it is a choice. Definitely. And I hope you would choose the joy. Right. Okay. (laughs) Choose the joy because, you know, when when you go the joy path, you know, so many things unfold. Okay. Isn't that the truth? Okay, we have to we have to go to a commercial break, Sharon. We're going to be right back, and we're going to wrap this up. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. 
More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com. Ask Theo Live is talk radio like you've never heard before. Following her near-death experience, world-renowned author and spiritual medium Sheila Gillette became the direct voice channel for Theo, a consortium of 12 archangels. Through this unique channel, Sheila and her co-host Marcus Gillette present you with an opportunity to speak directly with Theo live on air on any topic you wish to discuss, including receiving authentic messages from deceased loved ones and angelic guides. Get the answer you need by tuning in to Ask Theo Live Talk Radio. Tuesday mornings at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. The Autism Hope Alliance is dedicated to the recovery of children and adults from autism. The goal of this nonprofit organization is to ignite hope for families facing the diagnosis through education and funding to promote progress today. Diet modification, biomedical intervention, and educational therapy have been shown to be successful tools on the path to recovery. Through these efforts, we believe hope will replace hopelessness. Recovery for our children is a reality. For more information, go to AutismHopeAlliance.org. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with your host, Terry Aranga and Kristen Selby Gonzalez. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 1-866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here are Terry and Kristen. Hello, everybody. It's Betsy Hicks, and we're going to be wrapping up our wonderful show today with Sharon Ross Ingram. But we have had an incredible show. I, I want to leave everybody with some good strategies. Since uh, Sharon is an awesome strategist, and she actually has a couple of websites that you can get more information about her at. You can go to uh, Strategist Thinkers. Is that what it is? Strategic Thinkers. Strategic. Sorry, strategicthinkers.org. And then, of course, you can also find her at Sharin.com, S-H-E-R-R-I-N.com. And she has wonderful information on her website of ways to coach yourself through any situation, be it autism, your business, whatever it might be. She's just phenomenal. Um, I also have a website that you might be interested in. It is AutismLawOfAttraction.com or .org, AutismLawOfAttraction. And uh, we're going to get Sharon's information up there. We were just talking during break that we're going to get her up there and all, um, so we can get her linked and all of her information on there. It's autismlawofattraction.com. So I was talking to Sharon about 
what it looks like when kind of divine guidance kind of pushes you in the direction of where to go next, or even first. You may have just gotten the diagnosis as to what's the next logical step in working with your child. And, and we have already said the first place is to, is to get into some form of a place of hopefulness. A relaxation of any form that you can be in because if you're in that flight or fright mode, you're not going to make really good decisions. You need to be in a, a little bit of a calmer place. And I have been led in so many wonderful directions. And it's very interesting when I think back, all of the signs that I got not to do this, but I said, no, I'm warrior. I will do this. I will do this. And then I would get another sign, like the appointment would be canceled or I, I couldn't get transportation to get somewhere. And yet I still was like, no, I am warrior. <laughs> I'll keep going. But then as I started to realize that when I got in a good place, the, the things came. And I think a great example is I was just recently feeling like my son is in such a good place, but I know he has developmental obstetric problems. His eyes just do not focus properly because I could see he's always closing one eye. And so I've heard about wonderful um, developmental obstetricians that are out there um, and ophthalmologists that are out there, and I never had had an opportunity to meet one and just kind of put it out there that, you know, I would really like to meet somebody someday. So then when I went to, um, I was asked to speak in Dubai for um, the Autism Symposium out in Dubai uh, in the Emirates, and who is paired with me on the trip but a developmental <laughs> optometrist, Dr. Jeffrey Baker Becker. And let me tell you, Dr. Jeffrey Becker is fantastic. He's in Pens Scranton, Pennsylvania area. He's absolutely wonderful. I was able to get my son in to see him, and he took such fabulous care of our situation. But that's the kind of thing that happens. You happen to sit next to somebody, or you happen to just, like, come across you meet somebody in a grocery store who says, hey, this doctor is really awesome. Those are the kinds of things that happen when you're aligned, when you're in a good place, and when you're really looking at the autism from a place of, of, of that what you've been saying, facilitating health and not so much as a fear place. You know, I, I think people um, fear that if they're not in what we're calling warrior mode, and mind you, you know, I don't, I'm, I'm not making light of, you know, wanting to fight for your child because that's kind of the, the connotation behind warrior mode. There's, uh, it's somehow thought of that if I'm not being aggressive in fighting that somehow I'm, I'm giving in and, 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 and just, you know, don't care anymore or, you know, and that's not and that's not the case at all. Right. It's not the case at all. It's not that I don't, you know, care about how my son is functioning, how he's thinking, you know, all those things like that. It's just it's it's a different approach. And this approach just has really made I'm healthier, my son's getting healthier. Everyone is just feeling better about the situation as opposed to the stress it was causing, the worry it was causing, the, oh, no, what if something happens to me? Oh, no, he'll never be able to be, live on his own. Somebody will always have to be there looking out for him, you know. All of that, you know, I just don't worry about that anymore. And I won't say the wrinkles melt away, but I, <laughs> you know, but actually some of them did. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, I'm just saying, you know, it's, it's just a different Place again. If you have to choose between joy, you know, and something else in a situation, why not go for the better feeling thought? Why not be happy during the process? Why not enjoy the ride? 
So there's some other great websites that I can refer people to. Um, I think uh, what, some of my favorite people that speak on positive thoughts and law of attraction and positive thinking is I, um, I, I love the work of Abraham Hicks. You can go to abraham-hicks.com. Uh, Mike Dooley is wonderful. Um, MikeDooley.com. You can get some great information from him as well. His books are phenomenal as well. Do you have any other authors that you recommend, Sharon? I do love the Abraham Hicks. That's the one I would have sent people to myself. Um, yeah, that's that's the one I would have gone with. They've they really have helped me tremendously in just you know letting go of fear and really just aligning myself with you know finding out who I am and going with that as opposed to you know not <laughs> right. Well, thank you, Sharon, for joining us today. We It's been just so much fun talking with you. It's been a great time, and I'm so excited to see you at Autism One. Yes, I will be there. I'll see you on that Wednesday. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. Be happy. Enza Medica would like to thank you for listening to Autism One, a conversation of hope. For more information, go to autismone.org. Tune in next Tuesday for another hour of education and conversation on Autism One, a conversation of hope with host Terry Aranga and Kristen Selby-Gonzalez.